And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is our special edition, Group Therapy, where we sit down as the editors of the Livingston Parish News and discuss what's going on in Livingston Parish. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news, and I'm joined today by my fellow editors. We are following the most recent mask mandate that came out. So we're going to start with the gentleman on my right. Hey, this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm the sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And I've already introduced myself. So, uh, But we did uh, we did bring it up, the mask mandate. David, I'm going to have you, uh, it, pretty simple here, but I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, check in and tell us about what's going on. Yeah, so, I mean, basically that that's it. We have the mask mandate. It was kind of hinted at the last several weeks. Uh, if y'all have been following us or listening to the podcast, we've been talking about it. It was two weeks ago, or less than two weeks ago, uh, the Friday before last, when the governor and the Department of Health, they sent out an official recommendation that all people wear masks, kind of going, and then a couple of days later, that's what the CDC came out with, that all people vaccinated and unvaccinated wear masks. But uh, Monday, it was kind of the, uh, not really a surprise at all. We got the uh, information about the governor having a press conference that Sunday, which the governor having a press conference on a Friday and then one on a Monday, you, you knew that an announcement was coming. It was pretty obvious. Um, it's a little different this time, though, because uh, the mandate before uh, it applied to kids 12 and older. I, I can't remember, the, but this time it's five and older, which is younger than it was before. Um, and, and that's just because they're, you know, the this Delta variant has had a greater effect on kids. I mean, of the there was 11,000 new cases reported on Monday and almost 2100 of those were among children. So I mean there has been uh there has been an effect on children that you know previous strains of the coronavirus that you haven't seen. So I mean this th this is in response to that and especially with school starting up, uh that's what you know the governor just wanted to go ahead and get that done with now. So now, you know, that that mask mandate applies to and you know including even though it's 5 and older, that includes any kid that's enrolled in kindergarten as well. So if a kid happens to be 4 years old in kindergarten, I don't know how old they are when they go to kindergarten. You're all the ones with kids, not me. So uh so yeah, usually so, about 6. Okay, so I have yeah, okay. So there you go. But um it's been a while so, yeah, any kid years. Enrolled, yeah, five years older in kindergarten. Yeah, I haven't been there in a while either. So, um, but yeah, so basically, any kid on a school campus, a college, uh, they're going to be required to wear a face mask and poise as well, vaccinated or unvaccinated, doesn't matter, at least until September 1st. And then the governor, you know, as always, will be, you'll see from there. And then, you know, he might extend it or, uh, you know, I, I, I doubt at this point if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be, uh, if he's going to stop it at that point, just based on the daily figures we're getting. Well, it is interesting because uh, as hospitalizations, uh, they have surged. They're at the highest level ever. And we're starting to get back into those, you know, uh, a thousand or more cases per day. And yesterday uh, was 53 deaths. This uh, is Wednesday we're recording. On Tuesday the 3rd, there was 53 confirmed deaths. So, I mean, it's getting, the deaths are spiking. You know, before it was just cases and hospitalizations and they also said you know that even though you know it's not like it was earlier in the pandemic when you had uh when they didn't know how to treat covid now they have an idea of how to treat covid but that just shows how much they're getting overwhelmed that even though they know how to treat covid they don't have enough staff and that therefore you know patient you know one of the uh, doctor 
Catherine O'Neill from our way to the lake said our patients aren't getting adequate care because we just don't have enough people to staff them. We have beds. We just don't have the staff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you're going to see those numbers, uh, creep back up Livingston parish at three yesterday. That's the most they've had since uh, January in one day. So, I mean, it's, you know, the deaths are, that's usually the last indicator of, uh, of COVID. You have cases, percent positivity, hospitalizations, and then deaths follow. So, and, and you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up is that it does seem like with the most recent surge, it's caused a lot of people to uh, pull the trigger and get the vaccine. Yes. Uh, vaccinations are up. So uh, that's a good sign. Uh, we do feel uh, for those folks who have uh, contracted COVID recently or who have lost a loved one, uh, it seems this time around I'm seeing a lot more of it on social media. Yeah, yeah, uh, a definitely. lot of people who are just big going out there and saying I have it or they've lost a loved one and they're asking people to get vaccinated. It's uh, it's a very sad story. And younger people, too. That's uh, Michelle Sutton, the CEO for North Oaks and Hammond, which services a lot of people in uh, on the eastern part of Livingston Parish. They, She said the last two weeks, I believe, it, they, have, they had uh, – there of their 14 COVID related deaths, most were between the ages of 20 and 55, and that includes a 24 year old Monday morning before she came to speak. So, I mean, it's younger people dying this time. That's what makes this one so much different. And uh, Dr. Canner said the average age dropped from 75 at the end of uh, 2020 to 65 right now, and that's you know that's just half the year. So, I mean, it could possibly drop even further so um the average age of death i mean and when you're talking so. about an average age over a sample population 10 years is huge yes right that is a big so. deal uh, so. for, for that big of a number drop so so yeah that's where we are with covid right now so let's talk about something a little more fun yeah. uh <laughs> you guys literally uh just coming off the field this morning i came in here to meet y'all y'all were at denham springs high school for their wonderful 6 30 practice i some days I miss that, some days I don't. Uh, but tell us a little bit about what the Jackets are looking at as we're heading into uh, school starting a week from today, actually. Uh, today was just one of those days where uh, orientation is today, which uh, necessitated a 6.30 start time for practice. And I told David before you got here, if it's like that every day at 6.30, I'm, I could go for 6.30 practices every day. I'm, I'm advocating 6.30 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, if the weather's like it is today, right. we'll, we'll be, we'll be good. Um, a lot of, we, we were there for basically the first half of practice and a lot of, uh, individual type drills with coach Brett Beard called, you know, sports specific training, which is, you know, kind of getting the, the kids in shape. Not that they weren't, but just trying to, he said, it's like putting a, you know, kind of like putting a piece of pieces of puzzle together. Sure. These are the building blocks for what they're going to, you know, expand on. Uh, and they'll go to full pads next week. So this is right now they're just working in helmets and in uh, in shorts and shirts. So it's it's really kind of keeping things simple right now. But you're still learning while you're out there. Sure. And a lot of people, uh, you know, you see the NFL and and they're constantly playing football, whether it's in helmets or whatever. You don't realize that at the high school level and to a certain extent at the college level, there's a huge gap in between the fall and the spring and then the spring and now. So, you know, you can't just throw kids and, and you know, we've learned because yeah. people used yeah. to, but we've learned you can't just throw kids back into full pads and say go hit each other after not hitting each other for, you know, four months in the first break and about right. five months in the second break. Um, so it's always interesting to see how they adjust 
uh, fall, as we called it, fall camp uh, to 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 better to better help these kids get acclimated. The other part of it is too. Is we uh, talking to Coach Beard this morning. Uh, you know, he said they've been going later in the evening. So yesterday they got off the field about seven seven fifteen something like that. So he wanted to kind of see, they don't do two-a-days anymore, which, you know, when, when we were coming out, that's what you did was you just camped out at the field house once football season started, and you just kind of stayed there. Yep. So this was kind of a turnaround deal just to kind of see how his team could handle that, that quick turnaround where you're off the field at 7.15 or so in the evening, and then you come back at 6.30 in the morning and, and start back up. So it's, uh, whew, yeah, yeah. It, well, it looked like they handled it pretty well this morning, though. Well, we we switched, actually. Uh, when I was in high school, going into my freshman year, we had two-a-days. And, you know, it was uh, it was from 8 to 10 in the morning and 5 to 7 in the evening. By the time, uh, with a lift after the morning workout, by the time I was going into my junior year, we just did six hours from 6 to noon. It was miserable. <laughs> it was terrible, <laughs> but I, I will say it was nice to be able to break. Because, like you said, especially for those two weeks of camp, you just you just hung out there. You're, you know, you're, when you're it, when you were doing two days, you're, there was yeah. no reason to go you're anywhere there. else. So, and and the kids that did usually either got tired or you know that got hurt or I, something like that. I remember just leaving the house and saying, "I'll see y'all when I get back." I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that, and that was just that was just that. That's what you did, so. right? So obviously the schools and teams are adjusting. So, all right, uh, moving back over, David. Uh, we're you know we just talked about football, high school, and school's going to start next Wednesday. We do have guidance that came from uh, the school system. They kind of snuck it in there on us. Uh, tell us a little bit about what parents and children uh, can expect starting next week. Well, uh, face mask for one. <laughs> That's the first thing they can expect. Um, uh, Mr. Joe Murphy, the superintendent of the school system, uh, made that an, uh, announcement in a statement this uh, right it was shortly after the governor uh, made his announcement. And so uh, face masks will be required for the 26,000 students and 4,000 employees. Unless, of course, you have a uh, written doctor's excuse and the school system even posted a uh, a form that parents can fill out if they want their kid to be exempt from the face mask order so they have that and of course they'll have to wear them on buses uh, that they were gonna have to wear masks on buses anyway because those are public transit so i mean that that was always going to be the case so now they have to do that uh but other than that i mean they're going to be able to start school regularly i mean with, with you know in a traditional learning uh format you know not the hybrid format that we had last year now grant we know next week there will be uh you'll, you'll have uh two separate first days essentially uh kids a through with last names a through k will start on wednesday then l through z will start on thursday and then they all come together for one big happy party on friday so that's kind of how that's going to start that's not really the school year i guess that's just their way of just kind of getting kids reacclimated to being back in school without, you know, throwing everybody there at once, kind of give everybody a, make it a little easier on themselves for a first day and then Friday hit it. And then Monday you're back in the full swing of things. But, uh, but yeah, as of right now, I mean, they won't be doing temperature checks. That's also a difference this year. They're not required to do them uh, based on the guidance. They can, you know, do them if they feel like a kid is sick or something like that, but the, there's not going to be that uh, temperature checks that you know we kind of saw last year as soon as kids get off the bus you have them in a line with a teacher just pointing a temperature gun at them and just doing that for you know 
don't know how many th- how how long uh, that would take them to do that for every kid every single day, but uh, but they did that. And of course, there would be contact tracing and uh, you know quarantine and that sort of thing. So I mean, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that affects. That was last year. We know that was the big deal was quarantining uh in close contact. The cases weren't so much a big deal as much as finding out how many people that particular case had been around and then telling those people, hey, you've been exposed, you can't come to school for two weeks. So, so I mean, it's a little uh, a little different than last year, but uh, in some ways, like I said, the mask mandate is the exact same, um, and, you know, quarantine and close contact will be, you know, similar, but, um, but it's not like it was last year where, you know, the start of last year, we were starting with some kids learning uh, in person and some doing virtually and then switching off the days. Uh, it would be a little bit more traditional this year to start by you know september 1st we'll have another announcement from the governor and that'll dictate a lot too so we'll see well and and, you know that feels like it's a long way away but it'll be here before you know it it's less than a month yep so uh, rob jumping back to you you know when you're thinking about all this uh, going back into school uh, things of that nature with these COVID 19 mitigation measures in place you know that that affected sports last year in in, in certain yeah. ways. We know that uh, unfortunately we had to have the discussion of uh, a couple of seasons were cut short uh, in the fall, right? Because right. of COVID. Um, it best way to ask this: I, What are the coaches preaching this year? And I I, just, I talked to with Coach Beard a little bit about that this morning. He said that I guess, and it's something that we've talked about here before. It's it, we we've kind of been through it. So we kind of know what to expect and how to handle things and and what's coming up. I know that this variant is it's a little bit different. It's you know kind of seems like more aggressive, but we at least have that knowledge. Um, whereas you know you know last year, and he even spoke about this for them uh, just to be able to have spring football, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and to be able to have a spring scrimmage, they weren't able to do that, uh, which is a plus for them. But it's just kind of one of those things where. The, the good thing is they have the knowledge. These coaches have the knowledge. They've dealt with it before, and, and it kind of brings, you know, I guess things around to where you can say, okay, we, we, we know what we're dealing with. We know what we have to do in order to keep things going. And I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's what they're trying to do right now. And I, I mean, nobody wants to stop their seasons. You know, nobody wants anybody's season to end. And I think, you know, right now that – the precautions are being taken, and, and, and they're headed in the right direction to keep things going. And, it, of course, it's early, too. So, Sure. Okay. Uh, moving into some different – well, first, let's talk about real quick. You'll be hitting up some other practices here in the next week and a half or so. And Went to, uh, went to Springfield yesterday. They, uh, they, the, the rain hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Right about the time, you know, I'm I'm at the house and and uh, in about ten minutes before they were supposed to start practicing, the rain started coming down hard. So, uh, you know, they they haven't either either because of wet field conditions or because of actual rain, they have not been able to practice. So, Springfield's first practice two practices have been indoors, which uh, you know you, you kind of change some things up, but they were still able to get some work in, which is the key right there. So, yeah, and uh, we'll we'll be we'll be making our way out uh, around. And, uh, and and talking to different teams and, and of course we we'll, we'll talk to everybody by the end of it and then uh, I think uh, in a couple of weeks uh, scrimmages will be upon us. Yeah, before we know it. Uh, talking about powerlifting, you had a chance to catch up with a couple of uh, 
a couple of very successful power lifters uh, this summer. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, th- this goes back. This this was a uh, a national high school meet that was held uh, at the end of May, and we're talking about from Denham Springs, uh, Reagan Bosco, and uh, Ryan Roberson. Uh, Ryan Roberson is the uh, stepsister of Remy Hidalgo, uh, which okay. when I talked with her, it was. How'd you get into it? And, and you know, she said, I, I started, literally started lifting with Remy, you know, in the garage. And uh, she was kind of like, a, I, I don't know if I can do this. And, you know, uh, Miss Ashley Roberson, uh, Remy's mom, Remy just kept kind of, hey, Ryan, you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. And she's been really successful. Uh, she goes to, to, to this national championship, comes away as a uh, the junior varsity national champion in her weight class. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's uh it's one of those things where it's kind of progressed and, and uh she was uh she was doing some cheerleading last year, uh as a as a freshman in her first year and she's kind of she stopped doing the cheerleading to focus on the powerlifting. Um and the approach it was kind of funny, you, you ask them what you know, what's your approach going in and uh to nationals and she was kinda of like, hey, first of all I was I was kinda, of, you know, shocked that, that Coach Ryan asked me to go. Um and so the other part is when in talking to both of the lifters, it was kind of like we we just kind of let coach put the weight on the bar and we just went and lifted. We didn't know what was on it. We just went and lifted. So it's kind of the mind over matter type deal where you don't sure. just go ahead and lift. And, and uh, uh, Ryan wound up winning on her last uh, uh, deadlift. She didn't know how much was on it. She just went up and, and did it, and she, she won. And then uh, – Wow. Yeah, and then uh, – Reagan Bosco, she won the you know state championship in her weight class, and and she's able to finish fifth in her weight class. Um, which she said the weight class was a little bit different than the nationals, which is something she had to adjust to. But that that was the same type of deal where, um, you know, hey, coach, just put the weight on the bar. Don't tell me how much it is. Yeah, right. Which, which I thought was really cool. It was like I'm not just gonna go lift it. Don't worry about it. You know. Sure. So uh, you know, and I I kind of asked him about it. Um, um, and this is something that uh, I, I'm sure Coach Ryan, I asked him about just bringing the kids, what made you want to do it? And he said, I said, why not? You know, let's go see what we can do against, you know, some of the the, the, comp- the best competition in the nation. And they do well, uh, which so now it leads to, you know, those different goals and everything. So, you know, when I talked to uh, to Reagan, she said, uh, you know, hey, we, we told Coach that we're going to re- win regionals. And he's, uh, I, I think it was, uh, he said he would either, dye his hair, huh. get a mullet, or shave his head. Oh. So, you know, Reagan was like, that's, that's quite a she spectrum. said, Mr. Rob, could you please put that in? I said, if we do that, it's in black and white. So if you guys do it, he, he's got no choice. He yeah. has to do it. He so, made the promise. Coach Ryan, you're on the spot now, man. So moving over to Holden, uh, we have two new coaches there. Uh, tell us about them. Um, I got to meet with them uh, earlier this week. We have, uh, and they're, they're both young coaches, first-time uh, head coaches at the high school level. Uh, Raven Tozan is going to take over the uh, the softball program, and Chase Hemel is going to take over the baseball program. Uh, just in talking to, uh, I talked to uh, Rusty Hutchison, the assistant principal at Holden, and, it, you know, I, I said a lot of times you could look at it and you say you want to look at a, try to get a veteran coach or something like that. But for for these hires, the hires they were looking for people. He said her blue collar and hardworking and have a lot of energy. And uh, they they said both of these uh, coaches checked all those boxes off during the interview process. So 
with with uh, Coach Tozan, she's actually a member of the National Guard as well. So they're looking for the leadership quality, which he said y- you see it right there. Right. Um, the other part, uh, if for Coach Email, you, you kind of go, you know, hey, what what made you kind of kind of seek out Holden and, and look at this? And he's uh he's coached uh he's co- he was assistant coach at Mandeville High, and he's also a coach in the Louisiana Knights organization. And um, he said what it, it was. I don't. We just started talking about it, and he wound up. He's recently moved to Ponchatoula, so he's nearby. But he said he used to deliver ice cream, uh, drive a truck around. So he said that he would often deliver to the Dollar General store, which is right across the highway from Holden. I don't. And, and if you go down the, and you go down Florida, you know where it is. Sure. But he said you, you could see, you could always see the baseball field from the parking lot at the Dollar General. So when this kind of thing kind of came open, it was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. <laughs> you know, he he said you'd always see it. You know, he said I started looking up and, you know, you see how successful the, the sports programs, especially on the girls' side, are. So he said we we let's let's try to get the the boys' programs in the, in the same uh, in the same light. You know. And pretty soon they'll be playing under the lights. That's true. This is true. And, and so that, that might have been an, an, an extra incentive. Yes, correct. So, uh, David, going back over to you, because we're talking about uh, talking sports. We've been talking about the start of school. Uh, I had a chance to sit down uh, with Nikki Laverne last week, and we talked about her Google Guardian program. You watched that, asked her some extra questions, wrote up a great story about uh, what she's going to be doing for mostly for parents yes. uh, moving into the next year. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was... Uh... God, I forgot that one in this week's paper. It's, it's such the, the weeks just uh blend, just go in together. But um, but yeah, Nikki Laverne, she uh formerly worked with the Livingston Parish IT department. She's now at the virtual school for uh, elementary students. She's the administrative assistant there, and now she has worked uh the last year on this program to basically get parent. And really, it's for everybody. I mean, she she said parents, but uh. It's really for anyone, students also, or even teachers, you know, uh, a week-long program during the first full week of school, so that would start on the 16th, August 16th through the 20th. Every day after school, there will be live uh, live stream videos on YouTube. They can all be found on the Google Guardian's website, and basically, she's going to walk, her and other presenters are going to walk viewers through how to use different Google applications. Google Classroom, that was the big one last year. That was the source of a lot of frustration among, you know, parents, teachers, everyone last year when, like like we said earlier, when the school year started in a hybrid, hybrid form of learning where you had some kids learning at home, some kids learning in school, but all of them were having to use some sort of Google Classroom. So that is... Uh, so I know that that's the topic she's presenting on Monday, and then she'll have, you know, they'll go over a bunch of other different things that students now, especially in Louisville Parish, are having to use on a regular basis because, you know, as they've all said, this isn't really going anywhere. You know, uh, technological learning like this isn't going anywhere. This, this is the way that their kids are going to be learning from now on. So this is just a way to help parents just give them that extra tool to be able to help kids at home with their homework. I mean, one of the things that she said that really stood out to me when y'all were talking was she she said that when she was helping her own kids, she had trouble. And, she you know, she has this IT background, you know, Google Innovator, you know, someone who would understand something like this, but yet she, you know, she was having trouble. So, I mean, she, she was like, I can't even imagine what 
the parents who don't have my background, you know, are going through right now because it can be frustrating, you know, and you don't even know where to start. Uh, you know, one of the another things she says, you know, you could Google how to do this and you'll get 5,000 different results. You don't know which one's helpful. Um, so, so this is kind of her one-stop shop to at least get you, to at least get you started on what to, on, you know, how to get start, how to get started. And then, you know, hopefully where to go if you have additional questions. So they're, they're going to have, uh, I think it's th the first day is two presenters. And then the next four days, they have three presenters each. Uh, the, they start at the top of the hour, starting at five. So you have one at five, one at six, one at seven, each of the sessions, about 30 to 45 minutes. And uh, the good thing is, if you don't have, if you can't watch in real time, they're going to be recorded on YouTube. So they will be available. The school system, it will, you know, more than likely they're going to blast that out on there. So, you know, if you go to follow any of the school systems, social media feeds, you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to get, uh, get a link to these videos. But I mean, just another tool for parents to take advantage of. And like I said, and it's free. I mean, it, and it's somebody. And uh, another thing about this is Google kind of, uh, which Google took over this. They they're they're kind of broadcasting it on their own level, and you know Google is this behemoth company. So I mean, them you know getting this out there on an international level. I mean, you're gonna have people from all over the world watching, you know, watching mostly teachers from Livingston Parish, you know, teach them how to use different Google applications. So um, this is getting some uh, top notch information from people right here. So. I mean, really, it's uh, you couldn't ask for anything more, honestly, in terms of learning how to use, having someone teach you how to use these these different applications, but that person be someone who lives in your community. Yeah, and I mean, uh, she, international recognition. For yeah. That. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see those courses go through. They start next week. Uh, so please be on the look. Two weeks. I, oh, yeah, two weeks. Yeah. First school, school week of school. School yes. starts next week. Yeah. They start the week after that. Yes. Uh, so we're kind of running out of time. We're going to kind of blow through these last few headlines real quick. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the moratorium on evictions and foreclosures uh, ended at the end of July. There is a recommendation from the CDC to extend them to October 1st, but that has to be ratified by Congress. In the meantime, the uh, the governor has made some recommendations, mostly for people to apply for assistance. Correct. Yep. 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 And the, the more and the, the CDC's recommendation just saw that uh, was uh, four areas that have high COVID, uh, basically surges right now, sure. which all of Louisiana would right. fall in that category. Right. So. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, to pull the show to a close, uh, the Purple Cow is opening uh, yes. later, uh, pretty soon here. Yes, August 14th. So next, uh, that that is next week. Yes, that is next. Hey. <laughs> one, uh, <laughs> one week from this Saturday. So uh, August uh, 14th, they're going to do a ribbon cutting. I went there the other day. It is a huge facility, um, 15,000 square feet. Uh, I mean, and... Uh, if you've been to other purple cows, I mean, it's not not your like your typical thrift store. Um, you, know, you don't see stuff kind of scattered everywhere. I mean, uh, the the executive director I spoke to, you know, kind of compared it to, you know, a Ross or TJ Mack, one of those uh, one of those sort of outlets. So I mean, that opens next week, and he said, you know, a lot of their customer base is from Livingston Paris because they open they have two 
other locations in Baton Rouge, but a lot of their customers come from Wimson Parish, so uh, it just made sense to move out to open a location here. It's right off the interstate in that in the shopping center. I can't. What's the name of that shop? Spring Plaza. Yes. Spring Plaza. Yeah, that's the name of the shopping center. So right there by Big Mike's, you know. Um, so that opens officially next Saturday, but people can bring donations there. And uh, yeah, so that's the news on Purple Cow. And what are the donations for? Uh, people, uh, people can bring their own uh, items to to uh, be sold at Purple Cow. That, that's kind of how it works. Uh, kind of like a Goodwill, if you say, but, you know, probably nicer uh, stuff than Goodwill. You know, they only take certain gently used items is what they is what they call it. And then, but people can also, you know, donate because they're, the Purple Cow is the main uh, is the main source of income for the Christian Outreach Center, which is uh, which is a nonprofit that works with homeless people in the Baton Rouge area. So that that's really where they get a lot of their income from is from the Purple Cow locations because they've become pro- popular thrift stores, especially among college kids. I didn't realize that until I did the story, but you know, college kids are always looking for a deal. So oh yeah, so um so so that's kind of so that's the that's the story behind Purple Cow. It's a Christ uh, Christian themed uh, organization that tries to help uh, with the homelessness, and that's another thing with them bringing this location out here. They're going to bring also some of their you know uh, outreach services to Lips and Pairs too. So. That's uh, something to look forward to. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Of course, that's right off the interstate in Denham Springs. All right, gentlemen, let's check out here. We're going to slide in right on time. Uh, so this time with the introductions, we're going to start on my left. Hey, this is Rob DeArm, and I'm sports editor at the Living Parish News. I'm David. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us today uh, for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, special edition, our group therapy want to remind folks that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. One last time, I want to thank you for joining us, and we'll check you out next time.